What's up, bitches? Welcome back to Let's Be Serial. This is episode four. <gasps> I can't believe it's episode four already, but I am here with some fun shit today. We're going to be talking about breakups and recovery, breakups when struggling with an eating disorder, and a bunch of other really fun stuff. That's sarcasm in my voice. We're also going to be talking a little bit about eating disorders during the holidays and what that looks like for someone in recovery. So, Everyone, hop on the board. Let's get into this shit. So, I've been asked it quite a few times now. Quite a few times. Bella, what happened with you and your boyfriend? Bella, how did you get through that breakup while remaining in recovery? Those are great questions. I literally had like four different people ask me about it. And at first, I didn't really want to talk about it because I was like, you know, it's something like that is personal. But at the same time, I feel like it's possible to generalize it because I know it's going to be helpful for someone. It was something really, really hard for me. And my entire recovery journey has been broadcasted for others regardless of how personal it is, because I believe that it helps people. So with that being said, breakups are not fun, especially in eating disorder recovery. I have been through several breakups in my life, and granted, they were always different scenarios with different people, but I can tell you that the emotions I experienced in my breakup during recovery was far different than prior. For instance, I had been with my boyfriend for a long time. All in all, it was like six years on and off again. He was with me when I started to get really sick, when I started to get help, and when I was starting to get better. There were many reasons that contributed to our breakup, but one of the reasons was I saw it affecting my recovery. There were all of these different components that were really bearing down on me. I was so torn up about certain things that had happened in our relationship and certain elements of our relationship that I just couldn't fucking get over. And I was noticing that I was using eating disorder behaviors to try and numb out those feelings as a way to fill that void. If there was something that upset me within our relationship, I was finding myself using eating disorder behaviors to fill that void, to alleviate that pain. And I was doing this very subliminally for a very long time. And finally, I realized, whoa, what the fuck am I doing? What the fuck am I doing? I am taking this man and his shortcomings and the shortcomings and failures and weaknesses of our relationship and using it to damage myself and my recovery. What the fuck am I doing? Out of everyone on the face of this earth, you, Bella, are the one preaching about putting your recovery first and you can't even fucking do that? I had this come to Jesus with myself where I literally set myself down and I was like, it doesn't matter how this is affecting you. 
It really doesn't. But it does matter how it's affecting your recovery because your recovery is your life. It absolutely is at this point. My recovery was being so tainted by the struggles of this relationship. The relationship was something that was causing me to feel a lot of pressure mentally and emotionally. And instead of contributing energy and mindful thought to those emotions I was feeling, I was rather using my eating disorder as a coping mechanism, which I knew I, I, I would, had been doing that when I was sick. My eating disorder was my coping mechanism through stress, sadness, anger. And I didn't realize that it was doing it while I was struggling in this relationship. I'm very proud of myself because I did communicate this. I communicated this with my boyfriend at the time. And I said, I need X, Y, and Z because I'm feeling this way. And I'm using these behaviors and it's becoming very toxic and harmful to myself. And at the end of the day, long story short, it was one of those things where there isn't compromise to be met. It's just one of those things that it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. Like all in all, the relationship didn't end over something horrible. It wasn't working for he and I anymore. And that's okay. We didn't have like some massive blowout fight where everything crashed and burned. But obviously there were these little things that kept adding up. You're so attached to this person and they know everything about you, especially when you're in such a vulnerable place in your life in recovery. That guy was the one that sat with me in the hospital while my organs shut down. Patience he had for me was surreal. I was a fucking monster when I was sick. A fucking monster when I was sick. I was an asshole. I was a bitch. I, I don't think I've ever treated another human being so poorly in my entire life. And he was patient. Regardless of all that, having to separate all of those thoughts and feeling like I owed him something for staying with me through such a vulnerable point, I honestly think that was the hardest part. I had to tell myself, Bella, you don't owe him anything. Yeah, he stayed with you during a really shitty time in your life, but you don't owe him anything. You don't have to compromise for his shortcomings. You don't have to compromise in a relationship that you know is not working or benefiting either of you. You do not have to stay in this relationship that is ultimately destroying, destroying your self-esteem. There's different people that need to come in your life for different reasons and different times. And that's how I think about a lot of things nowadays. But going through the breakup was hard. There were so many times I was struggling with my body image or food and I went to text him and I'm like, oh shit, I can't do that. Because he was who I was used to reaching out to. It was who I was comfortable, who he was my safe person for a long time to confide in. And he knew the scenario. So it was easy to just unload everything. I really leaned on my sisters at the time. My sisters were by my side through everything, but the pre-breakup, through the breakup, through the post-breakup, it was fucking terrible. But using my sisters and their love and support and patience with me and 
it was kind of like psychology. When you are building these patterns and routines, if I'm feeling a thought in my first behavior instinct, it's to say, oh, I'm going to go text my boyfriend. Oh, wait, he's not my boyfriend. I'm going to go be sad now. You're just going to condition yourself to think that way. Rather, if you're like, oh, I don't like how I'm feeling right now. I'm going to text my boyfriend. Oh, fuck, I can't do that. Okay, I'm going to go talk to my sister instead. And now I feel better. That's going to help condition your brain in a very healthy way in which you're going to form better habits of looking out for yourself and taking care of yourself as well as promoting your own recovery. And I've said this before. I think it's public knowledge that I don't have any fucking friends. Uh, I don't have that many people on my team. I have brilliant people that are on my team, but I don't have a very stacked team. You know what I mean? So it was hard, especially when I felt like I lost an MVP of my team. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't have the star player, this player that was supposed to, like, carry the team. But then the player started doing really shitty, so I had to fire him. And it was hard to find someone to, I don't want to say replace them, but my sisters stood up and loved me unconditionally and so did my my cousin my cousin she is one of my bestest friends in the whole wide world she's basically my sister and she listened through everything and she and I had always been close before the breakup and through my recovery but I never really reached out to her because I had my boyfriend and realizing you know she's so patient She's so endearing. She's so communicative, 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 and she has such an eloquent way of talking to me. I don't think I would have experienced that side of her had I never gone through the breakup. Same thing with my sisters. I understood my sisters' patience levels and their endearment towards me in a way that I never would have had I not broken up with my boyfriend, and. After that, I vowed I was not going to date anyone. So here we are, five months later, and I am seriously seeing someone. Now, I'm about to go on for about like the next probably four or five minutes on this motherfucker and how much I adore him. And I'm not doing this to rub it in your face. I I will explain. But... I had been friends with this person for a very long time. And it was one of those things that they're in front of you for a long time and you just don't fucking open your eyes to see what's in front of you. And he knew about my eating disorder before we started a relationship or anything. And I was always really nervous about getting into a relationship because I thought I was going to get hurt as well as I thought that my eating disorder would be a burden to someone. I thought that an eating disorder would scare someone away. I was afraid that no one would get rid of all the fucking stigmas that society creates and have such a fixed mindset surrounding an eating disorder and apply that to me. I was afraid. I was fucking afraid. But this person that I'm with is, he is an angel. He's He's literally angelic. I wish I could copy and paste him into each and every single one of your fucking lives because the way he has transformed my outlook on life and my recovery is 
out of this fucking world. He has been so observing towards all of my behaviors and listens to everything I say. I think he would agree that his thoughts surrounding eating disorders were different than what they are now. And I attribute that to his listening skills. The way he listens to me is incredible. And it goes beyond that because he doesn't just listen to me. He wants to understand. And that gave me such a different outlook, you know. I was always told that I was going to fight this alone. And it's true. I am fighting it. I am fighting this every single day. But it's not always possible that you're going to fight these things alone. The way he has challenged my eating disorder, like, my eating disorder hates this motherfucker. This motherfucker is, like, number one on my eating disorder's hit list. Like, and that's how I know he's so good for me. I feel like my past relationship and many of my other friendships, my eating disorder loved that person. Because those people don't really care to listen and understand what you're saying. So the eating disorder has a lot of power in those relationships. Whereas with him, he knows all of the ins and outs. Like, we'll be out to eat. And I'll be like, I don't know if I should get the fries or bread. And he'll be like, why don't you just get both? I'm like, get both? Like, that's unheard of to my eating disorder. Get both? He's constantly challenging that. Always presenting me with my fear foods. Within the first week of talking. He found my TikTok, and I did not fucking know until he saw me the next day with a bunch of the fear foods I had talked about in my videos, like cupcakes, donuts, cookies. He's constantly presenting these foods to me repeatedly to expose me to them because I've explained to him that that's how you get over a fear food. The constant repeat is how you get over a fear food, and that's why he does it. You know, he has taught me that there's so much more to life than being thin. There's so much more in life than being restrictive. Food is such an essential part of cultivating experiences in your life. And he has really showed me that. I don't think I would have been able to live as much as I have the past couple months had he not taken me out of my comfort zone and literally beat the shit out of my eating disorder. <laughs> I literally cannot talk about him enough but I'm not talking about this to rub it in your face I'm not talking about it because I was under the assumption that this person doesn't exist I was under the assumption that I would be searching my entire life for someone to actually give a fuck about my recovery as much as I did but this person is out there are they hard to find it was fucking hard to find him yeah I mean I've been through plenty of different friendships and shit before I connected with him and I believe that everything in life happens for a reason. I'm a firm believer in that. And people cross paths and enter your life and leave your life at certain points. And I believe that th there was a perfect constellation for me to have met him when I did because my recovery has taken off the past couple months since seeing him than it did, you know. In the first year and a half of my recovery, it's been absolutely insane. I'm sharing this to tell you to not compromise. There's no reason to compromise. You've already been through fucking hell with an eating disorder. You do not need to put yourself through more stress and more burden and more hurt and go through hell in a relationship that doesn't help sustain your recovery. Cut the bullshit. Cut the fucking people out of your life and make room for those that will nurture 
and strengthen your recovery. That's all. And I know he's listening to this, so hey. (laughs) Hope that's all okay to share. Next up, we are going to talk about eating disorder recovery. Oh, my God. Hey, (laughs) next we're going to talk about eating disorder recovery during the holidays. I've been asked this a couple times now, and I'm going to keep it short and sweet because I'd like to do a whole episode on this, but eating disorder recovery is hard. It is so hard, but it's even harder in the holiday season. Holidays take place all throughout the year but there's this one portion at the end of the year where it's just boom 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 holiday 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 and my follower ariel wants to know how to stop isolating yourself and go to events and i'm gonna apply this primarily to the holiday season you have i'm just gonna kind of go on my little ted talk for a second and be a motivational speaker for a sec last year was my first holiday season in recovery to have people drag me to these holiday events and it took a lot of effort from others to drag me to these events but it also took a lot of effort to compose myself during these events but you need to tell yourself you know okay Bella I can sit here and I can sit in my room and I can be alone and I can have FOMO while knowing that everyone is at this event and I'm sitting here alone because I'm listening to some fucking voice in my head that is telling me not to go just because there's food. Let that sink in. Like, let's actually talk about this. I'm standing up. Wow. So you're telling me, you're going to fucking tell me that you're going to sit home and not enjoy yourself, not make these memories, not have these experiences just because this voice in your fucking head is telling you that you should be afraid of the food that might be there? (laughs) What? What? Like, literally, use that logic that I know you have in your brain. It's tucked away in there somewhere, and I know that the eating disorder can be loud when it tells you not to do certain things like go to a party, go to a family event, you know, pull a sick card, tell him you will feel good just so you don't have to go no that's fucking bullshit i know what's going through your head right now because i've fucking been there you can't do these certain things just to limit your life experiences there is so much more that life has to offer than being skinny i am here as firm truth in that my life got a thousand a million times better when i started to go out and enjoy myself and make experiences find new friends, make new connections, make new memories, and stop fucking worrying about the food. There's so many things that I had would never have been able to experience had I not gone out and stopped isolating myself. I was big into self-isolation. I was big into telling myself, yeah, I don't need to go. There's going to be food there, and that makes me anxious, and I'm not going to be fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know what's not going to be fun? Sitting in your room alone and then later having regret that you weren't there. My biggest thing is that the regret of not going to this event afterwards is going to be so much more than the regret of whatever you might eat at this event. Keep that in mind. Your eating disorder 
is your bitch. You are not your eating disorders, bitch. Okay, you got that? Tell yourself that. Hype yourself up before going to these events. I know that's a lot, but this podcast is already fucking long, and I'm going to go through a whole other episode on this. So, that's my little appetizer for now, okay? So with that, thank you guys for listening. I know this podcast was all over the place, but I'll be back next week with episode number five. Oh my gosh! Feels like yesterday I was just being like, oh, should I do a podcast? And now I'm on episode five. What? Anyways, I will see you guys later and happy holidays. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy everything. Happy, 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 happy holidays. I hope you guys have a wonderful holiday season and I'll see you sexy bitches later. Bye.